Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Boys, special shout out to John for putting that video together. Your youth were very excited about giving shout outs to their dad. So thank you for the amazing youth team that we have. And our youth team is so awesome, and our youth group is so awesome because of your kids. So thank you for allowing us the honor to... um, raise them with you. And do me a favor, we are headed to camp. We're meeting here tomorrow at 10 a.m. for youth camp. Who's going to youth camp? I'm going. Me and John, we're working the grill, so uh, we definitely need your prayers. More on me. Not John's a pro, but I do have an expired food handler's card, so (laughs) I think we're okay. I think we're okay. So uh, anyways, I am very thankful to uh, be here today. I get called a lot of things. Um, But when my kids call me dad, that's one of my favorite, favorite titles. So I'm honored to speak with you today. And I also know that today also brings a lot of emotion. Um, Maybe you're a situation where you had a really good father. Maybe you're here today and you realize, man, my father really made a lot of mistakes. Um, Maybe you're here today and you are just struggling. You drove all the way from Chandler. You had twins. You're getting everything ready in the car. And you're just like trudging to get things through. I've got a great message for you. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you're experiencing some loss. Maybe your father isn't alive. Um, I know I lost my father when I was 13 years old. Or maybe you're a father here and you're dealing with a little bit of regret. Maybe your kids aren't serving, serving the Lord like you'd hoped. Um, maybe things. Maybe you've lost a child. So I know today there's a lot of different emotions. But I want to talk about finishing well today. I also want to give a shout out to Stephen. He did the prayer. Him and Melissa, um, shout out to foster parents. Um, We are really excited about the mission that God's put them in. And you'll notice out in the lobby, we have a bin. And we're collecting shoes through the summer. So if you're going through your kids', you know, weeding, whittling down, and you have some gently used shoes, um, we're not taking flip-flops or anything like that, but grab some shoes. Or if you're at the store and you want to grab a pair of socks or shoes, we're going to be collecting Um, socks and shoes for the foster facility here. Um, A lot of these kids will come from very difficult situations. They'll pretty much show up at the foster home with just the clothes on the back or maybe a little bag of personal items. So it's just a way that we can love and um, come around this community. So uh, for the summer, we're going to be collecting shoes, so you can go ahead and do that um, in the lobby. But um, I want to talk to um, all of us, and maybe you're here and um, you've heard a message about finishing well. That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, But this idea came from a research um, that was brought on by Dr. Robert Clinton. Um, He's a super smart guy, but I thought it was interesting because he looked at 5,000 Christian leaders, and he says, you know, what are the criteria of finishing well? Because we all know that um, we want to start out doing well. We have high hopes to start out on maybe a job or a marriage or a career or fatherhood. but life happens, right? The struggles and pressure of life hit us. And what he discovered was that it was about one-third of the people that he studied in the group of 5,000 really finished well. So he looked at people in the Bible, history history characters, and throughout all of history, and he said one-third finished really well, one-third finish good, so-so, and then one-third don't really finish well. 
And so today, I want to talk a little bit about maybe taking a different perspective, just kind of zooming out. Like this video, it says, hey, look, use one word to describe your dad. If you kind of pull back from the, the responsibilities and duties of your life and just ask yourself the question, who do I want to be known by others? How do I want to be described by others? And the great news is, is I want to give you encouragement that Jesus does see your situation. Jesus does feel your pain, and he identifies you, identifies with you in your struggle. And no matter where you are at, I just pray that God's grace and love is found in your heart today. Because I do know um, that it is a very difficult responsibility raising children. It's a very difficult responsibility and takes a lot of work. And so what does it look like to receive God's love like Stephen was talking about? So that's what we want to talk a little bit about today. So I want to talk about finishing well. So we're going to talk a little bit about Abraham. He was the father of a nation. We'll touch on him a little bit. Uh, we'll look at what the Bible talks about in finishing well. And for fun, I've thrown in a couple little quiz questions, but they're multiple choice. So not that, not that big of a deal. I want to start out the message with asking you this question. What is more important? How a person starts or how a person finishes? What do you think? So on three, we're going to start with a quiz. Raise your hand if you feel like, you know what, Sean? It's how you start that matters the most. Already? One, two, three. It's how you start that matters the most. Wow, zero. Zero, Paul. Okay, uh, n next one. It's how you finish that counts the most. One, two, three, go. <gasps> Look at that. See, this is, this is hope for all of you fathers that's like, you know what, I blew it, I messed up, I haven't been a good husband or father or whatever. It's truly how you finish that counts the most. And from where I stand, you are all still in the game. Ecclesiastes says this, it says that uh, at the end of matter is better than its beginning. Patience is better than pride. And we know that this is true because you look at the sports world especially, and all the news clips is how the person, you know, crosses the finish line. Or in the Olympics, you see the scene of them getting the gold medal. But you don't see all the work that it took for that person to get the gold medal. All the training, the injuries, the rehab, the struggle, the struggle, the struggle. It's just at the very end that we celebrate that person's victory. Does that make sense? And isn't it true with the life of Jesus? I love Christmas. <laughs> I am, me and my wife, we are crazy for Christmas. We love Christmas. But I am more excited about following Jesus knowing that Easter happened, that he went to the cross, that he had victory over death and the grave, and that is why I follow Jesus. It was the end of a person's life, end of a person's life that matters most. So men, we are still in the game. We're still in the game. And what's unique about this question of finishing well is we never know when our time is up. So I want to give you a little bit of uh, some, some Bible verses. And this is really your time, uh, your, your time to take note. Um, uh, I remember being a high school student. And um, I got to be honest, I would sometimes zone out during some of the lessons. You know, I'd daydream. I really wouldn't pay attention. But for me, my, my secret to success, to maintaining my three, you know, my C-plus average through high school, was review day, right? Who remembers review day? Right? 
I'm sure I got a couple more A's and B's. I'm not sure what my GPA was. That was a long time ago. But I really tuned into review day because the teacher said, you know what, on Friday is the test. We're going to have a review day tomorrow. And that's when I made sure my pencils were sharpened and I was really paying attention. So this is the review day. This is what the Bible says about how we as people, as men and women, I'm not going to forget about you, but we can finish well. So what does it look like? So as we read these scriptures, I want you to look at the screen. You can pull out your Bible as well. But what stands out to me? That's the question I want to have you ask. So the first passage that we're going to look at is in 2 John chapter 1. 2 John chapter 1 verses 8 and 9. It says, watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be fully rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead does not continue in the teaching of Christ, but does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching both has the Father and the Son. So what in that passage stands out to you? What stands out to you? I, I, for me, I see that apparently John wants us to be fully rewarded with the work that we do. And he's saying, watch out that you don't lose that reward. So apparently it is easy or it's possible to lose the reward that we are working towards. Also, that we shouldn't run ahead of God, but we should stay on his pace. And I see that it's really important to continue in the teaching of Christ. Let's look at another one. Um, Galatians 6, 9, what stands out to you in this? It says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season, say due season, due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Some of you feel like, you know what, it's easier. I just want to kind of give up. I want to zone out. But Galatians says, don't grow weary of doing well. And I'm sure that every person in this room at one stage or another has grown weary of doing well <laughs> because it's hard to maintain, right? Especially if you're um, on a diet. It's very easy for me to grow weary of following a meal plan. Um, or maybe you're trying to get your finances in check and you do this budget. It takes constant adjustments in your finances so that you don't grow weary of doing well. Or following Christ, or I know being a parent, it's like you want to um, intervene and in parent specific um, behaviors so that they don't continue. And we have a story, Susie and I, we have a story of this in our daughter, Lily. Um, she was our firstborn, um, and she was a child that loved the binky. I mean, this girl loved her binky. And dad was okay with the binky. Do you know how come? Because the binky makes the child happy and quiet. <laughs> and when the, when the child is content and happy and quiet, I have a chance at a nap, just a chance at a nap, right? But I knew that my daughter was going to go to youth camp someday, and it was going to be very awkward for her at the sleeping bag, you know, the tent time, to pull out her binky. So I knew that, okay, the binky's okay here, but fast forward to Monday, it's not going to be good if she has to pack her binky, right? So we had to come to an agreement that someday there was going to be some drama and we were going to have to parent, even though it would be difficult. So we decided, I'm not sure if, I, I'm sure it was a year idea because it was a great idea, but um, Party City on Estrella, 
we got one of those big bouquet of the helium balloons. Like, you remember the movie Up in Disney? We got a big bouquet of helium balloons, and we're like, Lily, we're going to go to the store, we're going to get some balloons, we're going to tie your binky to the bouquet of balloons. <laughs> and we gave it to her. I'm seeing panicked faces. <laughs> and so we said goodbye to the binky, and then we let it go. <laughs> and the balloons went, and that's how we said goodbye to the binkies. And there was some drama after that for a couple of days, but we knew that we had to say goodbye to the bingies at one point. So that's my, that's my story. Um, but I think we all do agree that it is possible to grow weary of doing well, to continue in the teachings of Jesus. So today, what's, what's causing you to grow weary? What's causing you to grow weary? Maybe that's a big list. Um, you know what? Maybe you're facing some big challenges. You're looking forward to a year, and it's full of uncertainties. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with some loved ones who are ill, and you know that their time is short. Maybe you're dealing with some physical challenges, and you know that the future does not look bright. You are dealing with looking towards the tunnel of life with a lot of pain and rehab and challenges. And I want us to look at Hebrews because... Um, it kind of gives us a little bit of what, what our response is. It says, let us to run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. So in those difficult times when you're weary, it's fixing your eyes on Jesus. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Just like Stephen said, you know, I feel like I'm just weighed down. I'm weighed down. It's easy to just try to man up and, and carry all that weight. But when you say, Jesus, I need your help, and you turn and you fix your eyes on Jesus, and you know what he says? Day by day. Day by day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of itself. Today is enough weight. And so let that be my encouragement, that Jesus is with you. He is with you in that spot. And I rejoice. I am so thankful. And I have to remind myself that, you know what? Jesus did all he did. And before he ascended to heaven, he says, I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. And as Christians, our faith, we have that promise that we are not just living for today. We're not just living for the earth and what today brings. But we have a great, great future of tomorrow. I know in one of my challenges in life, um, it was just a very difficult season. I came across this quote. I want to share it with you. This was um, a quote from Mother Marta. Um, she was born in 1904, and she lived through the Hitler reign in Germany. So you, you can imagine what her life must have been like. She, she said this, in everything, or um, excuse me, in nothing do we prove our love for God as persevering along dark paths of faith. And nothing we do to prove our God as by persevering. Say persevering. Persevering. I looked up the definition, and persevering is to continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulty with little or no prospect of success. <laughs> Maybe that's you. You feel like you're going through the motions but there is little or no prospect of success. 
you're like, I don't want to do this. This is hard. This is challenging. God's right next to you. And he's saying, we've got this. We can persevere because he is really the example of what it looks like to persevere in the midst of challenges. I think um, when we do get our eyes off of Jesus, um, I know personally um, I can quickly go into looking at the world. Um, I want to share this scripture with you, 1 John 2, 16 through 17. It says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and all of its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Um, sometimes I'm guilty of <laughs> wanting the pleasures of the world and then packing those on my backpack. And I'm like, oh, that's heavy. That's hard to maintain all the stuff, right? And so what, is, what, is it, what does it mean for the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life? I feel like when we shift our perspective away from Jesus, we quickly slip down the slippery slope of getting into the world. And so the lust of the eyes is, is merely wanting what you see. Um, I know that happens to me every time I go to Bosa Donuts. <laughs> I have to preach. <laughs> right? The lust of the eyes. There's a lot of cool stuff out there, right, guys? Like, we want that. We didn't know we needed it, but now we need that. We need the tool. We need the power. We need the car, the stuff. That's the lust of the eyes. And what happens with that is just a huge weight of uncontentment comes in. How come I don't have that? How come that guy gets that? And we get in this comparison. Lust of the eyes, it's not a good thing. Lust of the flesh, anything that I want to live to get pleasure it feels good, I have power, I have convenience, I have control. I want to live for what makes me happy. That's the lust of the flesh. And then the pride of life is just saying, you know what? I got this. I'm going to live for myself. I'm going to get mine. I don't care who I have to use and abuse, but I certainly don't need God. I've got this. I'm going to live for numeral uno. And it's that pride that separates us from God's grace that we definitely, definitely need. Hebrews 12.1 says, Since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witness, let us throw off, say throw off, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Maybe you've lived some life where you're like, you know what, Sean, I understand the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Like, I went down that road. And when you go down that road, the Scripture tells us it so easily entangles us. It so easily entangles us because the stuff that we have will not satisfy us. <laughs> that old PC computer from 1990, that was really cool way back then. But it doesn't, it's, the thrift stores don't even want them on their shelves anymore, right? Nothing that the world offers will bring true contentment. And so that's why it so easily entangles us because it's more, 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 more all the time. So what I see from these scriptures, what really stands out to me is God saying, don't quit. He's saying, keep, keep your eyes on me, not on your past, not on your past mistakes, but throw off any of the sin that hinders your progress to be the man that you want to be. 
and persevere in faith for the path that God has marked out on us. And that's why um, it's fun to look at characters of the Bible. That's why I want to talk about Abraham, because um, Hebrews 12, you might have heard of that, that chapter, it's called the faith chapter, the hall of faith. These are people who really relied on faith. And if you look at Hebrews 12, the person who has the most um, information is Abraham, because he really was that model person. He's a good person to look to on Father's Day. But, but, but before we talk about him, I came across a Facebook post, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, the Facebook question was this. It says, uh, you know, you meet your 18-year-old self, and you're allowed to say three words. What do you say? It's <laughs> a good question, right? Um, Kylie Joe said, uh, Mom was right. <laughs> right? Mother's in the house. Kylie was right. Uh, Francis said, don't overplug. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know what that, maybe that means something. Uh, Celeste, don't date Mark. Who's dated some Marks in the house, huh? If your name is Mark, I have some great friends named Mark. But you fill in the blank. Uh, yeah. Jim says nothing. I wouldn't listen to anyone back then, you know? He didn't follow the three word, but there was over 800,000 people that had comments. So um, apparently there's a lot of people that want to give advice to youth groups. So we have a volunteer forum in the back if you want to help with youth group. Um, anyways, there was a lot of good things out there, you know, people saying, um, you know, keep family first, um, Jesus is real, talking about their faith, of course, you know, buy Amazon stock, there was stuff like that. But I think Abraham, if he was alive, he would say to himself in three words, keep the faith. Keep the faith. That's what I think that Abraham would tell himself. Because Abraham's name was originally Abram, which means the father is exalted. His name was changed to Abraham, which means the father of multitude when God initiated his covenant with him in Genesis 17. That's what we're talking about in this series is God of the covenant. So I think it's interesting that his name meant father in it. Yet for the bulk of his life, he did not have children. <laughs> it would be kind of like, um, if you know anything about football, it would mean that uh, like the Detroit Lions, who's heard of the D Detroit Lions? Like what if their name meant world champions. <laughs> You're like, whoa, that, no, that, not the Detroit Lions, right? Abraham might have been a Detroit Lions fan, I'm not sure. Um, but I do think that he had to wait a very, very long time before he had children. So here's the pop quiz question. How long exactly did Abraham have to wait? Was it A, 54 years? Who says that? Uh, how about B, 78 years? C, a lot of, I, I hear whispering. C, 86 years, couple hands. Who says 99 years? A lot of people did not vote, but that's okay. <laughs> it was 86 years before he had Ishmael. 86 years. What do you say to a man whose name means father when he has to wait 86 years before that happens? He was 99 when Isaac was born, his promised son. That is a very long time. That does not settle well with me. <laughs> if I was Abraham, right? That is an incredibly long time. 
Genesis uh, 15, verse 1 and 5 and 6, it says, The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. Um, I am your shield and your very great reward. And then he took Abram to outside and he says, Look to the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, So shall your offspring be. Here's the key. Abraham's response was he believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. He believed. He kept the faith. And I thought about my life and what, what period did I really have to wait for something that I wanted? And immediately, it was being married. I really wanted to be married. I so wanted to be married. As a matter of fact, I have memories of praying for my wife even before I was a teenager. And it was very, very difficult. You know, your friends are getting married, you're out of high school, you're in college, and you just keep going through the motions. And, and I'll just give you a little insight into how out of control it got. Like, I would be at a doctor's office, or I'd be at a grocery store at church, and I'd, you know, notice the person across the way, and I'd look to see if there was a ring. There wasn't a ring. And I'd be like, this could be the moment. Like, when my kids ask me, how did you meet mom? This could be right now what's going on. And I'd work myself up. I mean, I didn't think about being single every week or so. It was one or two times an hour. I would drive myself nuts. So here's the question. How long did it take for Sean to get married? Did I get married at 22 years old? No. Did I get married one month from 30 or 99 years? Yes. If you said A, if you said B or C, you're correct. That was me. And look at us. Look at the picture. I am crazy about this girl. So young. Susie is by far my favorite person on the face of this planet. She was worth it. And I'm glad I didn't settle. And I'm glad I kept the faith. She is an amazing wife, but even a better mom. So. I love, I love you. Um, I waited, and it's very difficult to wait. It could feel like 99 years. And in heaven, you could talk, hey, Abram, what was it like to wait 86 years before you had kids? That was very, very difficult. This is why I feel like God gives us this encouragement in Hebrews. It says in chapter 10, verse 35, therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. There is confidence in putting your faith in Christ. There is confidence in following after what God has. And so let me just ask this question. What is the opposite of faith? Have you ever thought of that? What's the op opposite of faith? It's sight. The opposite of faith is sight. I didn't have to have faith that I was going to finally be married because when I have that faith, I, I, I've got a wife. It's great. Abraham didn't need faith that he was going to be a father and that God was going to honor his promise when he had children. But we don't understand the gravity of sticking to our faith. Because doesn't the Bible say not to walk by, say, uh, by sight but by faith? And so today we need to keep the faith. We need, that it's like our key ingredient to finishing well. And so I feel like um, Abraham probably got a trophy um, there's a lot of people that win, but he got a trophy, and on that trophy was waiting well. <laughs> a 
Like, that's what Abraham did well, is waiting. And that's why he's in the hall of faith. That's why you look at the global population, and most people know who Abraham is. He got a trophy for waiting well. Isn't that amazing? What's God calling you to? Maybe it is waiting. Maybe it is leaning on him and not on your own understanding, but acknowledging him, bringing him into your life. But whatever God's calling you to do, we should do it well. And so in closing, I'm going to give you just two more verses, Philippians 1.6. This is God's part in the equation. It says that I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day that Christ Jesus returns. That's God's part. Now here's our part. Here's one of the things. In Philippians 3.9 it says, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Going through the motions, not being weary and doing well. I'm going to keep the faith. I want to finish well. And no matter what, I know that Jesus is by my side. So I just want to end this time um, with just a little reflection. Just give a little space for God to say, you know, what, 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 what are you telling me to do? Because I know the choices that we make today and the next week and the next years will grow and provide shade and a blessing for generations to come. And so as the worship team comes up, I just want you to bow your head and just invite God to speak to you. God, we're here to listen to you. Encourage us. Forgive us for our lack of faith. But we want to finish well. And you're a God who makes all things new. And your mercies and your grace are new every morning. So for those who are living in shame and regret, we just say, be gone in Jesus' name. Be gone. For those who are in this struggle, waiting for a new job, a new career, or a, a new shift in life, give them encouragement because you truly are our great reward. Jesus, encourage our men. Bless their marriages. Give us the grace to go on in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon. If you want to know more about us, you can find us at streamschurch.org or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you enjoyed this content, subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, have a great week.